want us to think about what is the goal of the Christian life? How do we achieve that goal? What does it look like to be a healthy, faithful, growing Christian? We live in such an activity-oriented culture where people view success in terms of how much one achieves, how much one does. And I fear that has blended into our view of the Christian life. The healthy, mature, growing Christian equals the one who does the most, uh, the one who is most busy, the one who is most active, the one who contributes to the most service projects or is able to attend the most church services or to chair the most committees or be a part of the most ministries. And now those things are very good things. Don't get me wrong. And, and part of our obedience is definitely to do, to, to obey, um, to serve in, in different ways. But this type of, of success by activity thinking is deficient. I grew up believing that a mature Christian equals a, a busy Christian. And it's taken me a long time to understand that's not always necessarily true. The Pharisees in the Bible were very active. They were very busy at their religion, but Jesus was hardest and most critical on the Pharisees than he was anybody else. So that must not be it. There has to be another way to measure health and growth in the Christian life and just activity. And fortunately, the Bible does just that. Jesus said that the true test of spiritual maturity isn't necessarily how much you do for God, although I want to emphasize that doing is a part of service toward God, but it's more than that. It starts somewhere else. It starts within the heart. The true test for true discipleship is actually bearing fruit, fruit bearing. Jesus said this very clearly. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Later in the New Testament, we're told exactly what fruit is. What is fruit? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no such law. What does it mean to be a mature Christian? A mature Christian equals a fruit-bearing Christian. A mature Christian equals a spirit-filled Christian that has these characteristics flowing out of them because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, going even deeper, how do we get there? How do we become, how do we become a spirit-filled fruit-bearing Christian that has the fruit of the Spirit, these characteristics in life flowing from within us? Well, Jesus answered this question as well. 
He said to trust in him is like being a branch that is attached to a vine. The vine giving the life to the branch. He said, remain in me or abide in me, live in me, trust in me. And I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. So the key to fruit bearing isn't in ourself. It isn't just as Cody reminded us, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, working harder, putting more effort into it, working this up from within, within our own street. No, the, the, the key is trusting in Christ, letting him be our life, letting him be our all in all, living in him, letting him be our complete source of everything. But along with this, this question, how do we bear spiritual fruit? So the first answer is most definitely abiding in Christ, but there's some more here in the scriptures. How do we become a spirit-filled, fruit-bearing Christian? The other answer to this question is simply seasons. We trust in Christ and abide in him through all the seasons of our soul. Just as a tree or a vine needs seasons, natural seasons to produce fruit, so it is with the soul. We need spiritual seasons of abiding in Christ to produce spiritual fruit in our life. Psalm 1 says the spiritually mature, growing person is like a tree planted beside a stream. He is like a tree planted beside streams of water that bears its fruit in season. So if we are trusting in Jesus, different seasons of our life help us to get ready to bear spiritual fruit. Just as the earth provides natural seasons, God provides spiritual seasons in our soul. Jesus is the life source. He is the stream. The goal becomes abiding in Christ in every spiritual season of our soul. So spiritual maturity in the Christian life should not be first measured by just output. It should be measured by learning how to abide in Christ and rest in him through whatever we face in life. This is how we bear spiritual fruit and so prove to be disciples of Jesus and glorify the Heavenly Father. So during this four-part sermon series that we're starting right now called Renew, we'll learn about how there are four different spiritual seasons that correspond to the natural seasons. There are winter spiritual seasons. That's what we're going to look at today, the hardest but most necessary season if we're going to produce 
spiritual fruit. There's winter, then there's spring, then there's summer, and then there is fall. And as you go through life's seasons, you have different rhythms that you take, different focuses that you have. Just like the natural seasons, we know that the pace of life changes. The rhythms of life change depending on if it's winter, if it's spring, if it's summer, if it's fall. We, we know this. Well, this is true spiritually as well. How we abide in Christ and experience our relationship with him looks different depending on what season that we're in. And to do this, to learn about the spiritual season of winter, we're, we're going to hear from a group of people that were in a spiritual winter in the Old Testament. The Israelites in the Old Testament had been ripped from their home, had their home ripped from them. They, they were about to go to exile. Their, their capital city, Jerusalem, lay in ruins. They had just been defeated by their enemies, their arch enemies called the Babylonians. They, they felt inwardly cold. They felt inwardly like confused. They were, they were looking for answers. They, they were starving, so to speak, for, for God to show up and, and to move. But it felt like he was distant and, and far away and he was silenced. Like he wasn't hearing their prayers. They were in a spiritual winter. This is what a spiritual winter is like. This morning we're going to be focusing on Lamentations chapter 3. And I would like to invite you to open your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to do some selected verses in this chapter. Verses 1 to 6 and then verses 22 to 33. So I want to begin to read in Lamentations 3. I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes, he repeatedly turns his hand against me all day long. He has worn away my flesh and skin. He has broken my bones. He has laid siege against me, encircling me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have been dead for ages. Now skip ahead to verse 22. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Let him sit alone and be silent, for God has disciplined him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. Perhaps there is still hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him. Let him be filled with disgrace. 
For the Lord will not reject us forever, even if he causes suffering. He will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. This is God's word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer once again. Lord, I pray that this morning you would open up truth to our lives. Show Show us how your word is is relevant to us. Show us how your word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, hide me behind the cross and glorify your holy name through the preaching of your word today. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So let's start out looking at spiritual winter by looking at the character of of spiritual winter. What is spiritual winter like when you're experiencing it? Winter, spiritually speaking, is a very difficult time in your life. It's it's a desert-like experience where where God is is pruning you, where he's taking things out of your life that that simply do not belong. Now, we know this, that the, the best time to prune our trees and our bushes and our yard, it's during winter. You can cut those bushes back quite a lot during winter. It's easier to do that. It's, it's better for the tree or the bush to do that. Well, this man, really this people in the Old Testament times of, of Jerusalem were being pruned. And we heard what their experiences was like. Let me just highlight a few verses here and let the scripture speak for itself. Listen to what winter is like. He was being pruned and and disciplined. Verse 1, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. Everything seemed dark to them. Like God had just turned off the lights He has led me into darkness, shutting out all the light. Verse 2, they were a broken people. He has broken my bones. Verse 4, it felt like God was far away and and distant, if not silent. And though I cry and shout, he has shut out my prayers. Verse 8, it was painful and lonely. He shot his arrows deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me all day long. They sing their mocking songs, verses 13 and 14. So, and he goes on to talk about how bitter and unhealthy and and even depressed he felt in this season of life. So, if you've ever been in a spiritual winter, and I'm sure most of us have been there, a a spiritual winter, or maybe you're in one right now, you know how this feels. You, You know this experience because your experience has match this man's experience in the Old Testament. It feels cold on the inside. It feels long. It feels monotonous. You you wonder, when will this ever end? And then light returns. When will this change? It's the question that that you're asking constantly. Now, winter happens, naturally speaking, when the Earth's axis tilts away from the sun so that less light and warmth gets to that hemisphere. Spiritual winter happens when what we counted on before 
is suddenly taken away. It's, it's changed, and, and God seemed distant. For Judah, their winter started when they were defeated by Babylon. They had their home destroyed. Many were carried away into exile. And for us, winter happens when, when loss happens, when, when change happens for the worse. The things that, that we once really enjoyed and, and counted on have suddenly changed. They, they've been removed. They've been taken away. Maybe for someone, winter had happened when health was taken away. Or the health of, of someone that you love caused, caused a lot of suffering. Maybe a move or a change away from the people that you cared about the most made you feel lonely. Maybe you just felt depressed and you didn't know why. And it just didn't seem to go away. Maybe for someone, mourning was their time of winter. Problems in job, arguments with, with friends or or problems in family can all be disorienting. And these are all ways that winter, spiritual winter, can be triggered in a person's life. So that, that's what being in a spiritual winter is like. Now let's turn and look at the length of winter. The, what I'm calling the waiting of, of winter. When we're in a natural winter the earth season of winter, it feels like it just drags on forever and ever. We, we talk about it. You know, when will it warm up? When are things going to change? Sometimes you step outside and the wind just seems to take your breath away. It, it, just like that, spiritual winter can seem like it's dragging on and on and on. And you don't know when it's going to end. Likewise, certain winters, naturally speaking, can be more harsh than others. Spiritually speaking, that is true as well. Some experiences that you walk through are harder than other experiences. Some are more mild. Either way, though, you don't know how long it's going to last. That's appointed by God. All you can do is wait. Seasons come and seasons go, and you have to wait through this season and a lot of times the waiting is the hardest lamentations chapter 3 though reminds us that every season is going to change and we can take heart in that that this too shall pass the lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who who seeks him it is good to wait quietly for deliverance from the lord Waiting is an expression of trust in God's wisdom. We realize that in our natural winter, we need that time. If we weren't given winter, then the seeds could not germinate. And in the spring, they would not sprout and, and begin to grow. And then we would not have fruit to eat and vegetables to eat. Well, it, it's the same thing. With a spiritual winter, it's necessary. It's hard. It's, it's long. 
but it's needed. And we can trust in God's wisdom that he has permitted this difficult experience into our life for a reason and really for our good. We're reminded here that he does not willingly afflict the children of man. He doesn't grieve us from his heart. He's not overjoyed that we're walking through a hardship. He shows us compassion and love by doing what's good for us. And he recognizes that sometimes we need a trial so that we can grow and bear spiritual fruit later, even if it's difficult. So that's the waiting of winter. Let's look now at the purpose of winter. Just as as I mentioned for plants and trees, winter has a a purpose. Uh, Seeds need the cold so that they can germinate and sprout in the warmer weather of spring. Winter has a purpose. And it's the same thing for us in the winter season of our soul. God uses this time to prepare us for growth. During winter, things die off and get pruned down. If we don't have this this experience, it's impossible for us to grow and produce spiritual fruit in Christ. Jesus gave us this promise about spiritual winter. He said, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So you have this glorious promise that if you're real, if you are truly attached to the vine like a branch, if you're truly in Christ, then God promises that he's going to prune you. He's going to remove some things that don't belong in your life. And the means by which he does this is oftentimes winter of your soul. It's permitting a a hard time in your life so that you may grow. In 1 Peter and in James as well, we're told to rejoice in our trials because of what those trials produce. It's not as if we're to be over glad at the hardship, as if we're just a glutton for punishment. No, we're to be glad and thankful for what God is going to produce in our lives through this hardship that he has chosen to permit in our life. He produces character through through pruning in spiritual winter so that we can be more productive and fruitful in other seasons. I love how the writer of Lamentations puts it. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. So he he promises to give us grace each day that we we walk through. Couple that with Jesus' teaching where he said not to worry. He said Not to worry about the future because today has its own troubles of its own. You couple that with this teaching. So every day has an appointed number of troubles, of challenges that we're going to walk through. And then couple this with Lamentations chapter 3. Every day also has new morning mercies. God's grace to meet those troubles. He promises 
to hold us up when we're walking through hard times. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion according to his abundant faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. Discipline is painful, no doubt. But without it, the book of Hebrew tells us that we're illegitimate children. God disciplines those he loves so that we can grow, so that we can change and become more like Christ. Therefore, he prunes things out of our life that that don't belong. And, And what doesn't belong in our life? Well, just as we abide in Christ in all the seasons of our soul, and through that, God produces spiritual fruit. The book of Galatians chapter 5, right after talking about the, the spiritual fruit of our faith, talks about some works of the sinful nature that do not belong in a believer's life. These are the things that God is pruning out of our lives. And sometimes it is painful when God does this. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. All of these things are misplaced in a believer's life. All of these things must be pruned from our life. And oftentimes God uses a winter season in order to do that, to help us to die to ourselves. Plants die in the winter. We die to ourselves in spiritual winter. So there you have it, what what spiritual winter is like, the waiting or the length of, of spiritual winter, and then the purpose of spiritual winter. Now let's turn the page and talk about the rhythms that we should take. In spiritual winter, let's make this more practical. Just as we walk through our natural season of winter, we know what life looks like. We know that we're supposed to dress more warm. We know that probably we're going to be spending more time inside. We, We know that we need a source of heat in winter. The way that we prepare food and etc. It's all different in winter. What about the spiritual season of winter? What are the rhythms and the focuses that we should take when we experience that season of our soul? Well, the first thing that we need to do is we need to be submissive to God. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says... Consider it a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So trials build our faith like nothing else can. I think if there were any other way that our faith could be built up in this way, then God would do that. But he has so designed it that we need trials to test our faith. Just as metals are tested in fire, so our faith is tested in trial. We need these things. And when we experience these trials, 
We need to accept that, that God's purpose in this is to, to, to grow us, even if it's a difficult season. Trust in him to do good for you, even if you don't understand how. So the first thing that we need to do when we find ourselves in this experience of winter is to be submissive to God. Realize that he is in charge in the, the hard times as well as the times of, of goodness and and blessing. So what do we first need to focus on when we find ourselves in a trial and an experience of spiritual winter? We need to be submissive to God. We need to humble ourselves before God in this trial. And then the second thing that we need to do is simply to slow down. We need to be still. Psalm 46 speaks of God as our refuge in times of trouble. It commands, be still and know that I am God. When you get into winter, it's easy to become anxious. You try to figure things out. You try to work your way out of this. You try to avoid this suffering season that you're in rather than simply resting in Christ and, and trusting in his designs and, and purposes for you. So we need to be submissive, but we also need to slow down and to be still before God. And then third, we need to be honest. A lot of times this is not a strength for many Christians. We, we come to church and we like to, to put on a, a happy face. Uh, we don't want to admit that we're, that we're struggling. So we, we fake our emotions. But listen to how honest, brutally honest, the writer of, of Lamentations was with his emotions. My soul has been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Then I thought my future is lost as well as my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my homelessness. The wormwood and the poison, I continually remember them and have become depressed. In spiritual winter, even if it's uncomfortable for us to do, we need to be honest with God, most certainly, and with others about our experience, about how we, we feel. And then we need to be close to God. We need to focus just on drawing near to God. And there's just this incredible promise in the Word that if we draw near to God, He promises to draw near to us. In winter, we warm ourselves by a fire, or by the heater. In spiritual winter, we warm ourselves by drawing closer to God in prayer and in his word. And it's those two that will hold us up. And we'll Realize in spiritual winter, some spiritual truths are going to come alive for us like never before. God's going to show us some amazing things that we haven't seen before. That's how winter is unique as well. On the cross, Jesus went through the hardest, most painful experience anyone could walk through. It was a, a winter-like experience of God turning his face away from the sun. 
of, of punishing his son for our sins. If you trust in Christ, you have the hope that whatever experience that you walk through, even if it's really painful and hard, God has not deserted you. He is not condemning you. He is not punishing you for your sins. How do I know that? Because Jesus already took the blame. He took the punishment for you on the cross, and then he arose from the grave. He was delivered up for our trespasses and raised to life for our justification. When Jesus got up out of the grave, God said, I accept your offering for my people. We don't have to believe, we should not believe, that there's any condemnation in our lives. So when we walk through times of trial and difficulty, know that that is for our good. That God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And that comes through the cross. Jesus is for all seasons. Every season in life, Jesus walked through trusting God perfectly. And we can trust God in Christ through the strength that he gives. We can abide in Christ in every season of our soul. But the greatest promise for those in winter is eternal life. If we turn from our sins to trust in Christ, we can have this glorious promise of eternal life. Doesn't the the hope of spring get us through the harshest of winters? Don't you coach yourself up in the cold that the spring is just right around the corner? When we walk through spiritual winters in our soul, the only promise that will get us through is for those who know Christ. And that is eternity with Jesus is right around the corner. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. All of our hope is in him. Do you have that type of hope? Do you have that type of abundance that even if you are going through a valley it's but a shadow and you know that you're going to live in the house of the Lord forever do you have this shepherd who laid his life down for you do you believe this do you have this type of assurance I hope that you do And this morning, if you turn to him by faith, you can have it. You don't have to go through this life alone anymore. Your sins can be forgiven because Jesus died on a cross for you. You can have this hope of eternal life. And for those of us who do have this hope, who have been walking with him and have have been trusting in him, Maybe you are in a a valley time. You are in a a spiritual 
season of winter. Well, what do you do? This morning, first, take rest and hope that God is with you in it, that this is for a reason. This is for a purpose. This is to change you and grow you and make you more like Christ. So take hope in that promise more than anything else. And then consider what you need to be focused on. What rhythm do you need to take that you haven't been? Maybe you need to be focused on just submitting to God. Just saying, God, I'm, I'm not in charge of my life. You are. And I trust in you, even if what you have permitted is very difficult for me. Maybe you need to, to focus on just being still and slowing down. Spending more time in his, his word and resting in him. Maybe you need to be honest with God. Maybe there is a real struggle, but you're trying to just pull yourself up by your own strength. Maybe you need to be honest with God and just admit that you're broken and this is really hard. Maybe you need to be honest with other people. And still yet, maybe you just need to be focused on staying close to Christ of letting the truth of who Jesus is just amaze and thrill your soul. And maybe that's one of the purposes that God has for you in this hard time. Maybe that God has so designed it that you would not realize how precious Christ is unless you walk through this difficult time. Come close to Jesus, and he promises to come close to you. Let's go to Christ in prayer. Father, I, I, I want to pray for the people that are, that are, here, that are here today, the, the people that may watch this um, online, others who are, are a part of our church but maybe weren't able to be here this morning. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would speak to each one of us. Help us to know your love for us and help us to know that you have not ever abandoned us. Though you may seem distant in this season, you aren't distant. That you're near. Lord, help us to, to follow in the way of Christ. That even if he, he even as he went to the cross, he was still relying on his father. Lord, help us to do that. Reveal yourself to us in, in just marvelous ways. Grow us. Help us to produce spiritual fruit. Help us to have life abundant in you. And now I pray for someone here that, that does not know Christ. Lord, I pray that though they're in darkness now, I pray that you would just show your light to them. Show your warmth, show your, your favor, show your love. And I pray that 
today would be the day where they would turn from their sin to trust in Christ and everything changes for them. I pray. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Will you stand this morning and respond as God is, is leading you personally to respond? I have decided